Thank you for joining me for Lifelink Devotions. I'm Pastor John. Well, as we bring to a close this week our study on the wisdom for great relationships, there's one more principle that is very important. If we're going to be people with great relationships, we have to constantly put the needs of others ahead of ourselves. Now, God's wisdom for this part of relationship building is found in Proverbs 24, verses 11 and 12. Here's what it says. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to what he has done? Okay, now there's two very heart-piercing truths in these verses about our responsibility to meet the needs of others ahead of our own needs. Here's the first one. God is absolutely and unmistakably aware of every need of every person all the time. And the second truth is this. God is also aware of whether or not we are informed about the need. We cannot play the ignorance card with God. We cannot pretend to not have heard that someone has a need. There's nothing that justifies our non-involvement in meeting that need. There's no priority in our lives that can be argued into first place when we know there's a hurting person that we can touch with God's grace and love. Now, think carefully about this. Any decision on our part to do anything for self when we know there's another person in need and we have the ability and the opportunity to meet that need, that's felt and seen by God, and it will not go unnoticed. It will not even go unpunished. Proverbs 21.13 says, If a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. The older I get and the longer I minister, the more I realize that it is not how much I know or how well I preach or how great I administrate or how good of a leader I may be. None of that matters most to people. What matters is how much I care. A loving and serving heart is the single most important asset to great relationships. Here's how God led me to put it in a little poetic verse. Look around if you dare. There are hurting people everywhere. All they want is someone to care, a person to share, their burdens to bear, who is always there. Such people are rare. Be one if you dare. God bless you. Now, if you have some extra time, listen to this rather lengthy story that illustrates the principle we just spoke about. It's a story called Beautiful Flower in a Broken Pot. Our house was directly across the street from the clinic entrance of John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. We lived downstairs and 
rented the upstairs room to outpatients at the clinic. One summer evening, as I was fixing supper, there was a knock at the door. I opened it to see a truly awful-looking man. Why, he's hardly taller than my eight-year-old, I thought, as I stared at the stooped, shriveled body. But the appalling thing was his face, all lopsided from swelling, and it was red and raw. Yet his voice was pleasant as he said, Good evening. I've come to see if you have a room for just one night. I came for a treatment this morning from the eastern shore, and there's no bus till morning. He told me he'd been hunting for a room since noon, but with no success. No one seemed to have a room. I guess it's my face. I know it looks terrible, but my doctor says with a few more treatments, and for a moment I hesitated, but his next words convinced me. I could even sleep in this rocking chair here on the porch. My bus leaves early in the morning. I told him we would find him a bed, but to rest on the porch for now. I went inside and finished getting supper, and when we were ready, I asked the old man if he would join us. No, thank you. I have plenty, and he held up a brown paper bag. When I had finished the dishes, I went out on the porch to talk with him a few minutes. It didn't take a very long time to see that this old man had an oversized heart crowded into that tiny body. He told me he finished, or he fished rather, for a living to support his daughter, her five children, and her husband, who was hopelessly crippled from a back injury. Now, he didn't tell it by way of complaint. In fact, every other sentence was prefaced with a thanks to God for a blessing. He was grateful that no pain accompanied his disease, which was apparently a form of serious skin cancer. He thanked God for giving him the strength to keep going. At bedtime, we put up a camp cot in the children's room for him. And when I got up in the morning, the bed linens were neatly folded and the little man was out on the porch. He refused breakfast, but just before he left for his bus, as if asking a great favor, he haltingly said, Could I please come back and stay the next time I have a treatment? I won't put you out a bit. I can sleep fine in a chair. He paused for a moment, then he added, Your children made me feel at home. Grown-ups are bothered by my face, but children don't seem to mind. I told him he was welcome to come again, and on his next trip he arrived a little after seven in the morning. As a gift, he brought a big fish and a quart of the largest oysters I had ever seen. He said he had shucked them that morning before he left so that they'd be nice and fresh. I knew his bus left at 4 a.m., and I wondered what time he had gotten up in order to get all this done for us. Over the years, he came to stay overnight with us, and there was never a time that he did not bring us fish or oysters or vegetables from his garden. Other times, we received packages in the mail, always by special delivery, fish and oysters packed in a box of fresh young spinach or kale, every leaf carefully washed. Knowing that he must walk three miles to mail these, and knowing how little money he had, the gifts were doubly precious. When I received these little remembrances, I often thought of a comment our next-door neighbor made after he left our house that first morning. 
Did you keep that awful looking man last night? I turned him away. You'll lose other rumors by putting up such people. Well, maybe we did lose rumors once or twice, but oh, if only they could have known him. Perhaps their illness would have been easier to bear. I know our family always will be grateful to have known him. From him we learned what it was to accept the bad without complaint and the good with gratitude to God. Recently I was visiting a friend who has a greenhouse as she showed me her flowers. and We came to the most beautiful one of all, a golden chrysanthemum, bursting with blooms. But to my great surprise, it was growing in an old, dented, rusty bucket. I thought to myself, if if this were my plant, I'd put it in the loveliest container I had. My friend changed my mind. I ran short of pots, she explained, and knowing how beautiful this one would be, I thought it wouldn't mind starting out in this old pail. It's just for a little while till I can put it out in the garden. She must have wondered why I laughed so delightfully, but I was imagining just such a scene in heaven. Here's an especially beautiful one, God probably said about the sweet old fisherman with the sour face. He won't mind starting in this old, small body. All this happened long ago, and now in God's garden, How tall this lovely soul must stand. Because the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. God bless you.